Welcome to the Lift Podcast. My name is Angela Withers. This is actually podcast number three in a series called Solid Roots Produce Sweet Fruits. It correlates with a PDF packet that is free to download and print out from our website, liftmindbodyspirit.com, that will have notes and illustrations that will teach the principles that we'll be discussing today. You will probably gain more from this podcast if you've listened to part one and part two before you listen to this section, part three. Today I'm going to be talking about secondary root truth principles. In this packet on page four, there's a diagram that shows a seed being planted and then that seed growing into a small tree and then eventually growing into this large established tree that's producing apples. It's an apple tree that's become very strong and bringing forth fruit abundantly. In the previous podcast, we talked about what that seed represents and what that smaller tree represents as the root system is just starting to become established and the fruit that we begin to see early on as we're allowing those root truth principles to become a firm foundation in our mind and as we embrace our stewardship over our intelligence and our spirit. And today we're going to be talking about how to move and transition from that smaller tree to growing into this large, very secure and stable tree that not only allows stability for us, but it creates a place for other life to come with those that fruit that's being produced. There's far more seeds that, that can then be planted and more life can be created this tree acts as a refuge for other life to come to. Obviously, like we see in established trees, that's when you see birds and squirrels taking shelter in the branches of the tree and life being sustained by the fruit that it provides. There is an order to everything that God does. And when we begin to learn that order and align with it, our lives become simpler and smoother. That doesn't mean there's not opposition there. And that opposition can come in the forms of obviously temptation or trials and challenges. But we understand the purpose of those trials and challenges. Not just the purpose, but the necessity of those trials and challenges that enable us to become firmly rooted in truth, which is necessary if we desire to become as God and fulfill and achieve our divine potential. When this tree is small, it has a prominent taproot, and that taproot represents our conscience. Over time, many root truth principles become firm and established as well. In the previous podcast, we talked about these preparatory root truth principles and the pattern of the testing process and how we can pass that test well if we understand these root truth principles and intentionally choose obedience to our conscience, which is the light of Christ. I want to explain real quick that the light of Christ is the main governing power for our earth, for our solar system. That is why it's so critical to our spiritual and intellectual development for us to identify it and understand how it works, understand how it speaks and guides us personally, 
and align with it. Now, I'm not talking about any far out there concepts. I'm talking about our conscience. The light of Christ is our conscience. As simple as the thought that tells you when you stick your dish in the sink and you have the thought that you should wash your dish or that you should rinse it first well and then put it in the dishwasher rather than just leaving it in the sink. Just that simple thought that we had from our conscience, that's guidance from the light of Christ. And if we listen to it, we are aligning with it. It's not an idea that's difficult to understand. So tuning into the light of Christ is very simple. And it's going to start out very simple. You're going to be surprised when you start recognizing it. It's going to tell you to repent a lot. It's going to point out almost all the things that you are doing wrong or the habits you've created that are wrong. It's going to tell you not to eat that third cookie and it's going to tell you to go to bed earlier. You're going to recognize it and that it's talking to you all the time. When you align with that, you are aligning with the very power that governs our earth. It governs everything around us and if we align with it so that we are governed by it too, we then qualify for the blessings that are attached to living in harmony with that law. In the previous podcast, I shared this scripture. I'm going to share it again. It's Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, verses 20 and 21. There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. There are tremendous spiritual blessings that come when we align ourselves with the light of Christ, when we choose to listen to and follow. So we act upon the guidance of our conscience and we commit to follow that as perfectly as possible. We are entering onto a path where we're going to receive great spiritual blessings. Now, if you remember from the previous podcast as well, we talked about the testing process and those, those preparatory root truth principles And those preparatory root truth principles are principles that, if lived, make it possible for us to identify when we haven't followed our conscience and realign ourselves with it. It's the blessing and opportunity of repentance. So becoming perfectly obedient to the light of Christ is going to be that we've proven to God that each time we recognize that we didn't follow it, we used the atonement and the repentance process to go back and realign our lives with the light of Christ with our conscience. God knew full well that we wouldn't obey every single time. That is why repentance is part of his plan. He saw that from the very beginning, that that was going to be a necessary principle and gift that he needed to make available to us. And Jesus Christ was willing to fulfill that role and make that possible. When we've aligned our lives with the light of Christ, we're passing the testing process. We're living these preparatory root truth principles. We're then prepared and ready to receive secondary root truths. And I want you to know that when you when you print out this packet, it's on the website called, maybe I already said this in the beginning, it's called Solid Roots Produce Sweet Fruits. But on page 11, it talks about continuing the testing process. And remember, God teaches us line upon line, precept upon precept. Order is one of these secondary root truths. And this is part of his order. Once we reach this age of accountability, we are prepared to enter into a covenant. And the covenant, the first covenant that we're prepared to enter into is baptism. And when we enter into baptism, we are actually making a covenant with God that we are going to follow the light of Christ, that 
we have made a decision that that is going to be what governs us. That's the voice of Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ himself. Come follow me. That's his voice speaking to us personally. And when we make that covenant of baptism, we are covenanting. We are promising God that, yes, this is the path I want to follow. I want to follow his voice perfectly and allow the light of Christ to be the governing power in my life. And we enter into that covenant and God holds us accountable for keeping our end of the covenant. And he will keep his end, which are promised blessings. Now, I want to talk about the blessing associated with baptism. That from my perspective, it seems like it's become a tradition for us to get baptized or have our children get baptized at the age of eight without maybe being taught this testing process, being taught about the light of Christ, learning how to hear and follow our conscience, learning about these root truths principles, which is really just the first principles and ordinances of the gospel, the process of faith and repentance. But when we make that covenant with God, his promised blessing to us is that we will have his spirit to always be with us. And this is actually an upgrade. So it's, it's an upgrade from the light of Christ, and which doesn't change the importance of the light of Christ. But it's a greater spiritual companion and power that we can have in our life. And that is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we can have it with us always. If we fulfill our end of the covenant by remembering Jesus Christ always, listening to our conscience, following the light of Christ as perfectly as we can, repenting when we recognize that we haven't, then we qualify for this blessing of the Holy Ghost. I want to share a story of Lorenzo Snow. He understood perfectly when he entered into this covenant with God through the ordinance of baptism that he should be receiving the Holy Ghost. And he waited for that. And he recognized that he hadn't received it. So let me read. This is from his journal. And this is in chapter 5 of Lorenzo Snow, the President's Teachings of the Presidents of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says, Previous to accepting the ordinance of baptism, in my investigations of the principles taught by the Latter-day Saints, which I proved, by comparison, to be the same as those mentioned in the New Testament taught by Christ and his apostles, I was thoroughly convinced that obedience to those principles would impart miraculous powers, manifestations, and revelations. I'm going to stop right here for a minute and say he knew that if he entered into this covenant, he should be receiving miraculous powers, manifestations, and revelations. So now he wants us to think back on our baptisms or maybe the baptisms of our children too if they weren't prepared and fully understood the covenant that they were making did they receive these blessings all right i'm going to continue on now these are in um, president lorenzo snow's words hang on there's a word in here that i don't know how to pronounce (laughs) let me google it real quick all right he says with sanguine expectation that means like positive or optimistic expectation. That's the word I just looked up. With sanguine expectation of this result, I received baptism and the ordinance of laying on of hands by one who professed to have divine authority. And having thus yielded obedience to these ordinances, I was in constant expectation of the fulfillment of the promise of the reception of the Holy Ghost. 
Let me repeat that. I was in constant expectation of the fulfillment of the promise of the reception of the Holy Ghost. He's expecting that promise to be fulfilled of receiving the Holy Ghost. All right, I'm continuing on in his words. The manifestation did not immediately follow my baptism as I had expected, but although the time was deferred, when I did receive it, its realization was more perfect, tangible, and miraculous than even my strongest hopes had led me to anticipate. Some two or three weeks after I was baptized, one day while engaged in my studies, I began to reflect upon the fact that I had not obtained a knowledge of the truth of the work, that I had not realized the fulfillment of the promise, He that doeth my will shall know of the doctrine. And I began to feel very uneasy. I laid aside my books, left the house, and wandered around through the fields under the oppressive influence of a gloomy, disconsolate spirit, while an indescribable cloud of darkness seemed to envelop me. I had been accustomed, at the close of the day, to retire for secret prayer to a grove a short distance from my lodgings, but at this time I felt no inclination to do so. The spirit of prayer had departed, and the heavens seemed like brass over my head. At length, realizing that the usual time had come for secret prayer, I concluded I would not forego my evening service, and as a matter of formality, knelt as I was in the habit of doing, and in my accustomed retired place, but not feeling as I want to fill. I had no sooner opened my lips in an effort to pray than I heard a sound just above my head like the rustling of silken robes, and immediately the Spirit of God descended upon me, completely enveloping my whole person, filling me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And oh, the joy and happiness I felt. No language can describe the almost instantaneous transition from a dense cloud of mental and spiritual darkness into a refulgence of light and knowledge, as it was at the time imparted to my understanding. I then received a perfect knowledge that God lives, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and of the restoration of the Holy Priesthood and the fullness of the Gospel. It was a complete baptism, a tangible immersion in the heavenly principle or element, the Holy Ghost, and even more real and physical in its effects upon every part of my system than the immersion by water, dispelling forever, so long as reason and memory last, all possibility of doubt or fear in relation to the fact handed down to us historically that the babe of Bethlehem is truly the Son of God, also the fact that he is now being revealed to the children of men and communicating knowledge, the same as in the apostolic times. I was perfectly satisfied, as well as I might be, for my expectations were more than realized, I think I may safely say in an infinite degree. I cannot tell how long I remained in the full flow of the blissful enjoyment and divine enlightenment, but it was several minutes before the celestial element which filled and surrounded me began gradually to withdraw. On arising from my kneeling posture, with my heart swelling with gratitude to God beyond the power of expression, I felt, I knew, that he had conferred on me what only an omnipotent being can confer, that which is of greater value than all the wealth and honors worlds can bestow. That night, as I retired to rest, the same wonderful manifestations were repeated, and continued to be for several successive nights. 
the sweet remembrance of those glorious experiences from that time to the present bring them fresh before me, imparting an inspiring influence which pervades my whole being and I trust will to the close of my earthly existence. So I want us to reflect again very seriously on our own baptism and on the baptism that we've witnessed for our own children if we have children who've been baptized and ask ourselves, did we receive this blessing of the gift of the Holy Ghost? What President Lorenzo Snow experienced was the baptism of fire. This was being born again. This is what Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ and asked him about. And Jesus Christ explained it to him. But there's a baptism of water and a baptism of fire. If you'd like to learn more about this, Elder Bednar has some great talks about the baptism of fire. This quote is from Joseph Smith. He said, You might as well baptize a bag of sand as a man, if not done in view of the remission of sins and of getting the Holy Ghost. Baptism by water is but half a baptism and is good for nothing without the other half, that is, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When we have intentionally chosen to become perfectly obedient to the light of Christ, using the atonement as soon as we recognize that we failed to follow it, and getting back on the path of following its instructions and guidance, that is the point that we are ready to make that covenant with God and be held accountable for it. And entering into that covenant through the ordinance of baptism enables us to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So now I ask you, have you had a full baptism or have you had half a baptism, as Joseph Smith described? On the churchofjesuschrist.org, under gospel topics, under light of Christ, it says, The light of Christ should not be confused with the Holy Ghost. It is not a personage, as the Holy Ghost is. Its influence leads people to find the true gospel, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lorenzo Snow understood this. He understood how important it was to enter into this covenant of baptism and the ordinances associated with it so that he could receive this great gift of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of fire, and having it as a constant source of power, guidance, and protection in your life. When we have fully received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we will recognize as soon as it leaves us. As soon as we fail to follow its guidance or fail to follow the light of Christ, it leaves and we recognize that that companion has left us. The Holy Ghost begins to teach us correct principles, to teach us truth. And this is where these secondary root truths come in. As the Holy Ghost guides us and teaches us truth, we enter into a new testing phase. This is a quote from Joseph Smith. He said, I teach them correct principles and they govern themselves. This is a quote from Richard G. Scott. Principles are concentrated truth, packaged for application to a wide variety of circumstances. A true principle makes decisions clear, even under the most confusing and compelling circumstances. This is a quote from David A. Bednar. Closely associated with obeying with a willing heart is reaching a point where we no longer are driven or directed by rules. Instead, we learn to govern our lives by principle. To be sure, we keep the rules, but we also begin to ask ourselves, what is the principle involved here? Those quotes can be found in the Solid Roots Produce Sweet Truths packet. The Holy Ghost teaches us and instructs us 
to recognize and understand these principles and then apply them. Our Heavenly Father has become a God because he lives in perfect harmony with eternal laws. I'm going to share some things that are just some thoughts that I have that I do not know if they're entirely correct, but they're things to consider. I personally believe that there are principles or laws that apply to this mortal state that we're in, this celestial realm, and there may be greater laws and principles that apply to a terrestrial realm and greater ones that apply to a celestial realm. So the secondary root truth principles that I included in this packet that you can print out are ones that I've identified that apply to this realm that we're in right now, this mortal celestial world, and that if we align ourselves with them and allow them to be a governing force in our lives, just like Joseph Smith said, I teach them correct principles and they govern themselves. If we use them to govern our lives, we apply them in our lives, we can be living in harmony with the laws that govern this mortal realm, this celestial world, so that we're capable of inheriting a terrestrial body and a terrestrial realm, which is a millennial world, which is what I can't wait for. I am so excited for that blessing and that opportunity. And I really, truly desire with all of my heart to identify what I need to live in obedience to so that I can qualify for that. Because remember, God teaches us line upon line, precept upon precept. He's not going to expect us to be living terrestrial laws if we have yet to identify and live celestial laws. Those are some of my own thoughts. So as you look through this binder and as we talk about these secondary root truth principles, keep that in mind. That there may be more that I haven't identified or added on here or there could be some adjustments to these, but these are the ones that I've distilled down as closely as I could get them to truth and hopefully there's someone who can come behind me and add to this or purify it even more. I'm going to end this podcast by just reading a simple explanation of each of these secondary root truth principles, but you are welcome to print out the packet and there's additional scriptures, references that go along with it. And then you'll find in the content that we have on our website that we've shown how to apply these principles in the stewardships that we have in our life. I'm going to read this real quick. It says, God establishes order and enables the progression of mankind through covenants. As spiritual beings in a premortal realm, we entered into covenants with God and were equipped with the necessary spiritual gifts to fulfill those covenants during mortality. God continues to invite us to enter into covenants with him to receive greater blessings. It is a sacred stewardship to enter into a covenant with him. Accountability is another secondary root truth. Every person should contribute value equal to the value they consume to the honest degree that they are capable. The return we receive is directly proportional to the effort expended. We merit the consequences of the choices we make. Service is rendered when one person willingly pays the price for another person's benefit. True gratitude is felt when one recognizes the price that was paid on their behalf. Order. God's order is both productive and sustainable. Learning and aligning with God's established order will lead to health, happiness, and fulfillment in life. Our mortal stewardships grant us opportunities to learn through personal experience how to govern and organize according to God's order. 
connection. It is a human need to connect with others. We feel most connected with others who heed their conscience to the same degree that we do. Healthy and honest conflict resolution strengthens our connections. Our efforts and accomplishments will be blessed and magnified when we are united with others through inspiration and motivation to fulfill God's purposes. Witnesses. Truth is accompanied by multiple trusted witnesses. These witnesses allow us to discern truth from error. And the last secondary root truth principle that I have listed here is beautify. Appreciating and creating beauty that is void of vanity leads to a refinement of character and greater happiness. Thank you for taking the time to listen into this podcast today, and I hope that this information in this podcast and the previous podcasts in this series can be of great worth to you in your life, that this information can be something that can lift your mind, body, and spirit to a greater level of happiness and fulfillment. This is who I am inside. This is who I am. I'm not going to hide because the greatest risk will is by far to stand in the light and be seen as we are to stand in